Okay, we're going to start talking about diabetes now. All right, here's just to try the clickers out. I have or I know someone with diabetes mellitus. <coughs> just say yes or no. One for yes, two for no. Somebody in your immediate family or preferably or... I don't know how many of you are out there today. 39, 38 people have responded so far. Is that all? We have a lot of, well, we'll see, better have, we better have 12 blanks on the attendance sheet then. Everybody, oh, <laughs> forgot your remote control. It doesn't change the channel, sorry. Okay. Everybody vote. I got 39. All right. Let's see. All right. 87%. So most almost ev almost everybody in the class then has has either has it or or knows somebody with it, with it. And the reason I just did this is because you'll see from the statistics um, how prevalent it is when we get to it. But just before we start, uh, just to clarify some terminology that you, you might see. We're talking about diabetes mellitus. It looks like mellitus, but it's mellitus. Um, you know where the word comes from? Mellitus, the Latin root mellitus. It's honey. So yeah, it means... <laughs> It's, well, that's what it means. It, it's, and diabetes is passed through, so it's, it's sweet, pass, something that's sweet that passes through. It's been identified in, in, in ancient Greek literature, Hippocrates uh, noticed that, you know, a lot of people used to just walk around pee on the ground, and uh, they, they didn't have porta potties and stuff, so, so a lot of people just would walk around and pee. And they would notice that some people, the flies would gather around. So that would, and, the, and those were people that were usually sick and had blurred vision all the time and seemed, to, seemed always having, having problems and died at a young age. Uh, and so it was, it was identified um, earlier. Uh, usually when we talk about type 1, we're talking about some sort of uh, insulin deficiency. In type 2, uh, is not necessarily a deficiency. Um, but eventually, usually will lead to a, de to a deficiency if it's not managed right. Um, typically, type 1 occurs in childhood. In fact, if you know, there's a juvenile um, diabetes foundation. Uh, in, in fact, the, they used to call it juvenile diabetes. It's, it's not strictly related to kids. Older, older people can get it, but it's, it, it's much rare, rarer. Some other things that you might see in the literature or somebody might refer to it, because particularly if they've had diabetes for a long time, uh, insulin-dependent diabetes or type 1 with a Roman numeral. And then they would call this type 2 with a Roman numeral 2. Uh, this caused a lot of confusion. People thought it was type 11. And uh, so, they've, so they just use a regular 1 and 2 now. Um, Sometimes you'd see the adult onset, but again, that has also changed too, as you'll see now that, that uh, some, in some cases, children are coming down with the, the type 2 diabetes. Uh, just remind you, the Isle of Langerhans is where the, the, where, where the insulin is, is um, 
produced in those beta cells. So um, it's damage, damage to, that, to those cells in uh, type 1. Uh, diabetes mellitus is actually a group of diseases. It's not just one, not just the one and two. You'll see if you, if you look in your in your readings, you'll see there's a there's a whole list of um, uh, different types of uh, problems with uh, the usage of of insulin and the uptake of glucose, and they're kind of on a spectrum of of your ability to use it. People develop an insulin resistance. They don't necessarily have uh, diabetes, but they can start to develop an insulin resistance. Um, and as you'll see, it seems to be uh, related to uh, obesity and to um, lack, of, lack of exercise. Uh, about 13 million folks in the U.S. are considered to uh, have diabetes, about 6% of the population, but it's estimated that uh, there, uh, there's a larger percentage that just haven't been been diagnosed yet, particularly as if you've seen the um, percentages that show the number of people who, ha who are obese is, it keeps growing across the country, it's expected that uh, this number will grow. <clears throat> it contributes to a, a, a lot of deaths uh, per year uh, because of the complications that occur uh, from it. You can uh, Generally, the complications like with type 1 aren't going to be from hypoglycemia and things like that. It's going to be from the, from the complications, the damage uh, to, the, to the cells, particularly those things that have microcirculation. Uh, they're the ones that are at greatest risks. Cost our health system a lot of money. Um, figures from 2005 showed $92 billion in direct medical costs were able to be identified strictly associated with diabetes care. Um, here's a list of all the, all the complications um, that can occur. And if you look at it, you can see that a lot of these things are all involved with places where there's a lot of microcirculation in your body. So in the heart, um, the, the, uh, the kidneys, nerve, nervous system, peripheral uh, circulation, uh, and um, in men, impotence. Um, because of, of the, of the microcirculation in the genitalia get affected. And so, um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of people don't realize the, uh, that there's a, a lot of men with type 1 diabetes are also impotent. Um, when are talking about type 1, you're talking about 1 in 400 of those under 20, 20 years old. And then the other big group comes after 60 years old. Uh, and you're looking at right now at about 18%, but this number keeps growing every year. So there's two, the, the two ages that in, the, in kids, when they get the type 1, and then as people get older than 60, that's when the type 2 uh, starts to, to increase. However, as I said, because of the obesity, we're now starting to see people in their 50s, 40s, even 30s starting to show signs, if not outright type 2, show that they're on the road to it. Um, here's some of the groups I saw, you know, we've, we're familiar with the type 1, type 2. There's also what they call these pre-diabetic conditions, impaired glucose tolerance, impaired fasting glucose. There's also, you've, have you learned about gestational diabetes? With, yeah, so, so you can see that you're talking about all these situations where the ability to either produce insulin or use the insulin is affected. 
this was a little chart I, I found from the American Diabetes Association. Um, it's not in your, it's not in your uh, handouts there. Um, but it, but they're, all re, they're all talking about any, any of these diseases that result in hyperglycemia uh, because of the ability, the inability for, uh, for glucose to be utilized uh, by, the, by the cells. You're all familiar with the function of insulin, right? What's it do? What's insulin do? Ashley. Ashley. It what? Right. The only way glucose can get into the cells is it has to hitch a ride with the insulin and then it gets carried through the membrane and put in. Without that there, the glucose just comes up against the cell wall, knocks, can't, it can't get in, won't let you in. Sorry. I can see you, but you can't come in. Um, so you have to have, you have to have in, insulin, uh, and the cell membrane has to be able to accept that insulin. So it's actually two things. It's not just the insulin production, but also the ability of the cell membrane to recognize that insulin and say, oh, okay, yes, you've got glucose, I want that, I'm hungry, and, and come, on, come on in. So uh, as you'll see when we start talking about complications, eyes, kidneys, nerves, heart, blood vessels, all greatly affected, and the key to, uh, to this is that the longer you in your lifetime um, are exposed to hyperglycemic conditions, the more likely you are to have complications. I predict that particularly with type 1 diabetics that the complications that, are, that occur are going to drop dramatically in numbers uh, in, in the coming years. And the reason is, is that in the last 15 to 20 years, uh, the, the ability to test your own glucose at home is so much better than it used to be. In the past, do you know how we checked glucose in the past? Somebody who had diabetes and how would they monitor themselves at home? Anybody know? Hmm? Urine, yeah. You'd have to pee and then you dip, you dip the pee and it would show whether or not there was glucose and how much. Do you know what the problem with that method is? Yeah, you have to have blood glucose over 180 before any glucose starts appearing in there. So as you'll see, 180 is too high to be walking around with. So it used to be where people thought that they were managing their glucose very well, and they ended up actually were walking around in a hyperglycemic state much more than they should be. So that was causing damage. The other issue was the insulin that was used. The insulin we use today is a human analog. So you've heard of Humalog? Insulin, it's a human analog. Do you know how it's made? Anybody? Anybody know how it's made? How do they make humalog insulin? Yeah. Well, it used to come from animals. They used to have uh, pork and beef insulins that they would actually extract the, they squeeze the pancreases and <laughs> squeeze out the insulin and, and extract it. And it was, a, it was close, it, it functioned, but it had its problems and it caused uh, complica more complications over the longer you, you used it. But now the insulin we use is actually genetically identical to human insulin. We're not taking humans out and squeezing their, squeezing their pancreas is dry of, of insulin. So how do we get it, do you know? Nobody knows. Didn't you talk about this in biology? Stem cells? No, not stem cells. 
E. coli. They've taken E. coli and gene spliced in the, the, the DNA code for, produ for insulin production, spliced it in, and now you just grow, you just grow your E. coli in addition, and they squirt out the, all the insulin you want. So um, there's no risk of, of um, contamination, no, no um, rejection problems, it's sterile. You've got, so it's, so it's, a, it's a much better system. And that's relatively new. That's only been available in the last uh, 20 years. So um, that's been another big, another big change in um, <coughs> management of diabetes. That's why I'm saying that a lot of the things that we read about, some of the elderly folks that you meet today, you have to remember, if they were diagnosed in the 40s or 50s, for most of their adult lives, they have not been managed the way they're managed now. So keep that in mind, and that's one of the reasons why you'll see the, see the complications. The number one cause of amputations in the U.S. is complications of diabetes. So just also keep in perspective of the number of differences we're talking about. Vast number of cases of diabetes, when you talk about diabetes in general, you're talking about type 2. Type 1 is a relatively small number in the population. Um, so these would be the number of people that are diagnosed each year. So you can see uh, many, 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 many more people are being diagnosed with type, type 2 uh, each year. Um, here's another difference uh, chart that shows the difference. You see the beta cells get destroyed. The little insulin doesn't get made anymore. And uh, we still have the same number of receptors on the cells. There's just no insulin for them to, to come in. In type 2, you can have differences. You can have reduction of insulin. You can have a normal amount. You can even have higher amounts of insulin. The problem is, is that the receptors change. The number of receptors seems to diminish or their ability to, to, um, to accept the insulin seems to, seems to change. Uh, and so the, so the insulin can be there and eventually it phases, it, it's, but the it, glucose isn't getting in. The other problem is uh, that over time, uh, if you're the, even though you're producing normal amounts of insulin, over time your, your uh, pancreas seems just to get tired and just starts, it just stops producing insulin. So a lot of people with type 2 di in, uh, uh, diabetes, the, the amount of insulin they produce will begin to diminish over time. And so there are type 2, uh, folks with type 2 that will take small amounts of insulin. And that's one of the reasons why we don't say that only type 1s use insulin. Most do not, but it's not, it's not unheard of. So don't, don't think just because I see somebody with insulin, that means, that was when I showed you the different names, the old names, and there was insulin-dependent and non-insulin, and that was because it was thought that we would never give insulin to type 2s, but it's realized that there, that is, uh, in some cases, um, possibility. Here's just another chart showing some of the the places where complications occur. Uh, notice that two and a half times risk of stroke. Uh, so so there's, there's, there's things you might not even associate with, with diabetes. Uh, a leading adult cause of adult um, blindness, the retinopathies that, are, that occur. Heart disease, two to four times more common. 75% uh, diabetes deaths are, are heart-related. Heart Kidney problems, kidneys shut, shutting down. Also, as I told you, amputations, uh, particularly starting at the feet and then um, working up just because of the, the uh, effects of, on circulation. 
All right, let's start. I'm going to start, even though it's one and two, I'm going to start with talking about, about type two. Uh, it's a, a resistance uh, to the insulin. There, as I talked about, the fact that as obesity increases, the number of cases of type two has been increasing. Uh, cases with children getting type two were before only kids that were of, certain, uh, of some Indian tribes, like for example, out in Arizona and Tucson area, there's the, the Pima Indians, 50 times greater uh, um, prevalence of, uh, of type two diabetes than, than others. And in those cases, we would see teenagers uh, in, in, the, in the Pima Indian population particularly, it wasn't unusual to see kids with type two, but for a long time, they were the only ones. But now we're, start, now we're starting to see um, uh, kids from, from all backgrounds. Uh, Dr. Kaufman, P Francine Kaufman, she wrote a, a, a book called Diabesity uh, a few years ago that was showing this link between obesity and lack of exercise and type two diabetes. Um, she found that uh, you know, kids that ate fast food more than twice a week were 10 pounds heavier than kids that, that didn't and had two times the risk of going into this pre-diabetic condition. They weren't necessarily type twos, but they were starting to show insulin resistance. Uh, if you have uh, extra abdominal weight and fasting blood glucose is greater than 100, then the risks of, of moving into diabetes uh, in, increase. The thing to remember with type two is the most effective thing is to, is to reduce caloric intake to what you need and to exercise. There are drugs and there are pills and we'll go over them, but more often than not, if it's particularly if it's caught early and particularly with adolescents and young adults, if you can, if they can, if you can change your behavior, you won't go, you won't progress into the, into the problems. Uh, I was telling you about the, uh, heretical, uh, heredity uh, factors, Native Americans being, being much greater, but it does vary among the tribes. As I said, the Pima, Pima Indians are, seem to have the highest for some, for some reason. Um, if you are obese, but also if you have hypertension, HDLs less than 35, triglycerides greater than 250, all of those are other, other risk factors. Also, if you have a history of gestational diabetes or had a baby greater than nine pounds, you also can be at risk for type two later, later on. And so there's been some correlations with that. Uh, as I said, diet and exercise are the, 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 the main advice. Uh, getting, getting your BMI uh, closer to what, it, to what it should be and moderate exercise. It does not have to be working out at the gym, lifting weights, doing the rocky thing. You don't need that. You just, just walking uh, a few miles a week seems to be, be enough. 30, 30 minutes of walking a day, they think, was, is probably more, more than enough exercise to start preventing some of the, these, these problems. And then you've got the oral hypoglycemic agents. And this is a chart that just shows you the, the different drugs that you'll see and the three different ways they, they work. So um, these two drugs here um, work by sensitizing your cells to, to insulin and they also control glucose production and or, and or control glucose production from the liver. Uh, these, two these two groups of drugs s uh, stimulate your pancreas to produce more insulin. Remember, in type 2, you have not lost the ability, 
but it be, but that ability can fade. So by using these drugs, you can you can increase increase that. Um, and then there's also some people are now are using this the precose uh, because it reduces the the uh, absorption of carbs, and so it seems to help slow down some of the um, uh, progression of the of the disease, reduces the some of the hyperglycemia. So the, in the treatment, this is a new a, a new slide. So f the first thing is just the therapeutic lifestyle changes, diet and exercise. Then they try, usually try one drug. A monotherapy means one, one drug. Uh, then they'll go to a combination therapy of, of, of multiple drugs from the, from the previous slide. And then if that doesn't work, then they're usually giving you a combination of drugs and some insulin. Remember I told you that sometimes you get some insulin. So when you have a patient with type 2, look to see where, you know, where are they on, on this. If you see them down here, you want to look and see how good were they at, at changing that. If you see them with the insulin, understand that may, probably means they've tried a lot of, tried everything else first. So that's not the, the first uh, thing tried. All right, any questions about type 2 diabetes? Sure, go back. I don't have a test question on that. I just want you to understand that there is a there is a progression. You're going to have um, I mean generally you're going to find your your folks with type 2 are going to be taking some the majority are going to be taking oral meds. That seems to be the focus. When they're first diagnosed, the physicians will say improve your diet, start some exercise. And in many, many cases, if people do that, if they do actually change their lifestyle, they won't need to go onto the, onto the drugs. And I've seen that work many, many times. Uh, so most of your people are just going to be taking pills, the majority of your, your, your patients. So particularly a lot of your elderly patients, and they've got the whole list of meds that you may have run into, and you'll see some of those, some of those drugs from, those, from that category, from those categories there. Um, that's, that's where they are. It's a lot rarer to see people also needing insulin, too. Okay? Uh, type 1, uh, about 1 in 5,000 children. It can occur. You can see it in the, I've seen like 6 and 7-year-olds, although the statistics say between 10 and um, 15 years old is when it, when it peaks. Uh, you'll see numbers that kind of group the whole the whole country, but if you if you break it down by white, black, and Hispanic, you can see that it affects white kids more, um, twice as much as Hispanic kids. Uh, how does type one occur? What's going on? It seems to be some kind of autoimmune problem. A lot of the research right now is looking at um, actually using antibodies to to protect the the beta cells. There's also some look, people are looking at anti-rejection drugs that are used in transplant treatment. And, but these things have to be given right at diagnosis. And it doesn't seem to, they don't seem to stop um, type 1 diabetes, but they do seem to give, at least so far, they seem to be giving the, the pancreas the ability to produce at least some insulin. And a lot of your differences between folks with type 1 diabetes, between those who are able to manage well and those who have more trouble maintaining good um, 
uh, blood glucose levels seems to be the, their ability to produce at least some insulin because there are some you know it's not an all or none thing it's not like some, there are some that are producing practically no insulin but there are some type 1 diabetics that have some some insulin production ability the more you can have the easier it's going to be for you to con to to um, uh, maintain your blood glucose there's some thought that you're, you have a genetic predisposition. There's some kind of autoimmune thing, and there might be a viral trigger that might be an ordinary virus that, that's around all the time and then somehow is, is, is triggering it, but that nothing's been identified yet. But they're looking for, for theories. A lot of the, the, the Juvenile um, Diabetes Foundation's got, if you go to that site, I, I think I might have the, the um, URL for that on your, in your handouts, but it... it uh, puts you to a lot of the latest research. It's pretty fascinating, and I think, it, it, I think they're getting very close to, um, to have some dramatic uh, changes in um, early treatment when, when kids are first diagnosed with type 1, and there's also, I think, going to be more improvements with um, improving your ability to, to produce insulin. Okay, so we talked about the, there's this partial to complete insulin uh, deficiency. Uh, nobody knows, you know, you know, why this is occurring, but the glucose cannot enter the cells. Why are you hyperglycemic? Because you're eating, glucose is being produced, glucose is going into your bloodstream, but the cells aren't getting any. They're starv cells are starving, but you are hyperglycemic. So for you, who, who, those of you who in the, in the room who, who don't have type 1 diabetes, and if you eat tons and tons and tons of sugar, you'll keep producing insulin to try to keep up with that. Uh, it's very difficult for you if you do not have type 1 diabetes to get hyperglycemic. You have to eat tons and tons. You just have to keep loading yourself up with, with sugar. It can be done, as if any kid, anybody's been to a birthday party of six-year-olds can tell you. But it's not going, it's not uh, easy, easy to do because we have a, um, a feedback mechanism that, that increases the insulin production. So if you don't have the glucose, what does your body do? Where does it turn first? Yeah, where does your body keep energy if it can't get glucose? Glycogen storages, right? And then from there, fat storage, right? And when fats are broken down, what's one of the um, byproducts? ketones. So this is why people who aren't eating carbohydrates, you heard of the Atkins diet, people not eating carbohydrates, you check your pee, you get, you see high ketones in there. And the reason is that your body now is breaking down fat in order uh, to, for the cells to get, to get energy. If the fats, if the fats, once it goes from the glycogen stores to the fat, if, if it's not, if that's gone, where does it go to next? Yeah, which is front, where the protein's found. Hmm? Muscle, right. So it's going to go glycogen, fat, and then muscle will begin to, to be broken down. So in the, in the Atkins diet, for example, the, one of the things, you, you eat a lot of fat, but you also eat a high-protein diet so that um, 
you're not you're not breaking breaking down the, the muscle. Also, for, for any of you who have taken care of kids with a ketogenic diet that's used for seizures, you'll note it's high fat and high high protein for the very same same reason. Have you guys talked about ketogenic diets? You all know what they are? Yes? No? Yes? Okay. Okay, classic signs of, of diabetes. This is how people will present to you. They call it the three P's or the three polys. Polyuria, polydipsia, polyphasia. What is polyuria? Having to tinkle a lot, yes. Having to tinkle a lot. Polyuria. What's polydipsia? Increased, increased thirst and polyphagia. Somebody other than Gene. <laughs> Eating, right. So extreme hunger. So, so typically what happens is the parents will say, you know, the, this kid is, he's uh, drinking all the time. He's ravenous for food. He's going to the bathroom all the time. I don't know what's wrong. I don't know what's wrong with him. If you're not familiar with this, these are, these are the classic signs, the three Ps. These are the things that, so whenever you have somebody present to you uh, and, this history, and that, with that history, uh, that's, what, that's what happens. And one of my uh, cousin was on a cross-country trip, and they were going from the East Coast to the West Coast, and somewhere around, somewhere between like Tennessee and Kansas, he starts asking to drink all the time and then stopping to pee all the time and wants to stop at every restaurant on the way. And his, my, my uncle's saying, no, we're going to California. You know, we're not stopping for anything. And finally, they, he, they couldn't take it anymore, and they had stopped in an ER in Kansas and was diagnosed with, um, with type 1 diabetes. So these are all secondary to having hyperglycemia. Your cells are starved. But also, when you have hyperglycemia, you are increasing the osmolality of your blood. So you imagine that you've got a lot of stuff now. You've got a lot of sugar dissolved in there. You ever make Kool-Aid as a kid and you add your own sugar? You ever done that kind? Where you pour it in and you keep pouring in the sugar and you keep pouring it in and it gets harder and harder to get that to go into solution, right? Well, the same thing when you're hyperglycemic. So the, the osmolality of the, it's, it has soaked up all the sugar than it can. So, so there's only one thing to do. That's to make, this, make your blood more dilute. Where is it going to find the water for that? From the rest of your cells. So, so it sucks up the water. So you're actually now in an intracellular dehydration, even though you may be drinking all the time because you're trying, you're trying to get uh, water into the into the bloodstream. Now, remember also, along with this dehydration, is ketones are forming because they're breaking down. Your body still needs the energy. It's not going to it's not going to give up because it can't get glucose. So it's breaking down the fats, and those ketones are acidic. They are the the ketones are acidic, so that leads to an acidosis. So you have a, so it's not just that. This is why people on, a, on the Atkins diet aren't in the hospital with DKA because they're drinking enough fluid and uh, eating, enough, eating enough protein. They're not, getting, they're not getting dehydrated and they're not in hyperglycemia. They're, they're, in, a, they're in a ketonuria or a ketonemia, but that can be flushed. That's flushed through by, by drinking. So that's why they're not in ketoacidosis. 
Uh, here's a pathophysiology chart that just shows you how you end up in, in ketoacidosis, and it's pretty much going along what I was telling you about, where you've got the hyperglycemia here, you have the dehydration here. Uh, on top of that, you get this lactic acidosis. All of those uh, combine into the ketoacidosis. All right, without, without looking at your notes, get out your clickers and tell me, Type 1 diabetes is a loss of insulin due to either one, production in the pancreas, or two, utilization by the cells. You got 10 seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. Polling's closed. Okay. Show me. Yeah. Oh, come back. There we go. Correct. Eighty percent of you got that right. Very good. For these for these people, please make sure that when you're reading your test questions, look very closely. Type one, type two. Okay. Make sure you understand the difference. Basic basic information. There's, you're, you're bound to get a lot of questions on the nursing boards about diabetes statistically because the, the boards try to an, ask you questions on the most common things that will occur. Diabetes is a very common problem. And so, you know, you really, really need to understand these, the, these basic things that I'm telling you about because these are all classic nursing board questions. And I can also guarantee you they're already on test four and on the final exam. I've got like 27, I think I've got 27 questions on test four and 23 on the final. So back to ketoacidosis. Told you about the, the, how, how it forms. Remember, you got the combination of the ketosis, hyperglycemia, and dehydration. Uh, people will begin to hyperventilate in, a, in an effort for your body to, it increases the base, the base buffer, and, in, and try to, you're trying to alkalinize your blood by hyper, hyperventilating. So if you see somebody doing that, that's, that's why. Uh, the treatment is, is that they'll rehydrate them, give them tons of fluid. Uh, sometimes they have to do ele some electrolytes to, if they're out of, out of balance. And they also will often add IV insulin so that the cells can start to use, use some of the glucose. So, so the, the trick is rehydrate, uh, they have to fix the pH balance, and then get some insulin on board so that you're stopping the, so you can stop the uh, ketone production. Okay. Uh, Long-term effects. Microvascular damage, we talked, we've already talked about that. Also, uh, joint limitations. And the, and the big key here, remember, again, with all, the, all, all forms of diabetes, are trying to maintain a, your, a good glucose. And what's a good glucose? That means a fasting glucose. If you haven't eaten in, in, in four hours or so, your glucose should be less than 110. If, it's, if before you eat, it's more than 110, that's too high. That's a good number to remember. Okay. Diabetes uh, treatment 
It is multidisciplinary. You're going to have an endocrinologist who makes the diagnosis and, and starts to figure out what the initial uh, insulin um, is going to be with type, with type 1. There's also nurses, uh, diabetic nurse educators that can come around and, and they, there's a whole package program for different age uh, kids on how to, uh, how to um, all the things you have to learn. And we'll be talking about on Monday all the things you have to learn. And I already told you about correcting the acidosis, replacing the insulin, and then the teaching. Okay, good place to stop. And I'll see you on Monday. Please turn, come up here and turn in your uh, remote controls. Do you have the sign-in sheet? Where's the sign-in sheet? Oh, here it is. Thank you. Hey, Elise, are you here? Is Elise here? Oh, she just left. Oh, shoot. Okay. Oh, so you said you left. Here, I'll take that. Thank you. Oh, really? This is like my life story of wow. everything that's been going on lately.